Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The people have spoken. Trump will be reinstated. Vox Populi, Vox Dei. And with those 12 words, four of them in Latin, the king of Twitter announced that the foreign president was going to be reinstated to his platform. 15 million users voted, and almost 52% of them were in favor, just above 48% opposed. And if you're like most of the world, you might have been wondering, what does Vox Populi Vox Dei mean? The phrase translates as, the voice of the people, the voice of God, or usually what the connector is, the voice of the people is the voice of God. Meaning... We support democracy or popular opinion or something along those lines. Listen to the people, that's God speaking. But there's a problem. The problem is that the quote doesn't come from that context whatsoever. In fact, the original quote, and I know I'm going to butcher this, Nec audiendi qui solent disere, vox populi, vox dei, cum tumultositas, volgi semper insania proxima sit. In English, which I know a little bit better how to pronounce, do not listen to those who say the voice of the people is the voice of God, since the tumult of the crowd is always close to madness. In other words, it means the exact opposite of how it's being quoted and how most people probably quote the phrase. Because in the original, it's put in the voice of do not listen to those who say this common phrase, this common proverb. And as one person mentioned on Twitter, only Elon would use a quote to support his decision that's from a statement that says the exact opposite. Talk about cell phone. Not cell phone like the kind you call on, but cell phone the way the British would talk about making a catastrophic mistake in soccer, since it's the World Cup. But it did get me to thinking about phrases or proverbs we use that are incomplete, inadequate, or downright wrong in the meaning that they think the author of the original phrase intended. And as you might suspect, <laughs> there are numerous examples. For instance, you might have heard the expression, hey, he should just work harder and pull himself up by the bootstraps meaning that you lay hold of the straps that are designed to pull your boots up, and if you do that, you can pull yourself up onto the horse or something along these lines. And as you might suspect, if you've ever thought about it, that's impossible. The phrase actually originates in a 1785 book, The Surprising Adventures of Baron Munchausen, not the movie, 200 years before that. And in that book, the Baron pulls himself out of a swamp by taking hold of his own hair, which is obviously an impossibility, but that's where the phrase comes from, and it's meant to describe a task that is so absurdly contrary to reality that it cannot be done. And so when someone is trying to do something impossible, you would say of them, oh, he's trying to pull himself up by his own hair or the bootstraps, which no one can do. Another one is the luck of the Irish, which we intend to mean like, you know, those funny guys with their pots of gold and their lucky charms. Everything's going good for them, right? But have you ever thought about how the Irish have done historically? Potato famines, massive discrimination, starvation, oppression, repeatedly conquered by other peoples. No, the luck of the Irish was originally an insult. No, you. You're broke. You lost the lottery. Your house burned down. Your cat left you. They wrote a country song about you. You must have the luck of the Irish. One of my personal favorites in this vein is the phrase, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, which is meant to show when the two hands are doing opposite things, working at odds against each other, and you need a little bit better coordination at central office in order to not be undermining the work that part of the organization is doing. 
Yeah, that's not where that comes from. And in fact, it's not what it means at all. I mean, it's how we use it, and don't get me wrong. Language evolves, phrases evolve. Many of these things mean now whatever people think they mean through usage. That's how language works. But for the sticklers among us, I'm raising my hand, we pay more attention to how it historically originated and try to hew to that definition or to not use it at all for fear of being misunderstood. You know, we, we can't win. The One side says, if you use it to mean what it originally meant, you'll be misunderstood. If you use it to mean what it means now, you'll feel like a hypocrite because you're using it the opposite of what you know it really means. So we just abandon these phrases. At least that's my approach. But yeah, the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing actually comes from the Bible. When Jesus, talking about giving alms, says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. In other words, make your giving so free and unselfish that you do it without taking any recognition for it whatsoever that literally one part of your body doesn't even know you're giving it away, as opposed to like having your friend take a picture of you donating to charity, which would be the exact opposite. All right, and now we're moving into the really substantial ones, like the ones that are just genuinely backwards compared to their original meaning. Blood is thicker than water. Family is more important than friends or than really anything that you choose voluntarily in this world. No, you got that one exactly backwards. The original phrase, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, the blood of the covenant would be a choice that you make to agree to a do-or-die kind of agreement with somebody voluntarily. It's like a biblical thing that you would slaughter an animal and you would be so bonded to the other person by the blood of that expression that you would never let anything come before you or else you would be willing to die like the animal was slaughtered. Is thicker than the water of the womb is thicker than being related by blood or by water or by birth or by family. So it's actually the exact opposite, that the blood of chosen relationships is far more important than the water of birth relationships. Curiosity killed the cat. So keep your paws to yourselves, right? Don't go looking for trouble by investigating things you don't understand. No, the full phrase, curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back meaning that you can die of curiosity if you don't satisfy the curiosity and don't resolve the problem or get the news or figure out the situation. So it's supposed to tell you to go investigate so that you can resolve the thing. One of my own personal favorites is this classic misappropriation. Good fences make good neighbors. Now, now there's actually a little bit of an argument about this one to be had, but this is most well known as coming from Robert Frost's poem, Mending Wall. Now, it did predate that, but this is where we quote it from. People say, yeah, Robert Frost said good fences make good neighbors. No, Robert Frost says that fences are unnatural and they are the byproduct of neighbors who don't get along and the only time they can get along is when they get together and rebuild the barrier between them. The first line of the poem says something there is that doesn't love a wall and then goes on to list all of the things that are constantly trying to break down walls allegorically between people. And if you read the poem in its full context, good fences don't make good neighbors. Good fences are evidence that you're not good neighbors because good neighbors don't need good fences. And just in case you don't believe me on my interpretation there, note that in the poem, that phrase is put in the mouth of the neighbor, not the mouth of the author himself. But probably my favorite of all of them, the greatest inversion of a proverb, great minds think alike. This is what you say to your buddy when you both come up with the same conclusion late at night, drunk in college, right? Oh, yeah, great minds think alike, bro. No, that's not what that means. And when you think about what it means, it's actually a pretty good point in the opposite direction. The real phrase is, great minds think alike, though fools seldom differ, which is kind of a nonsense pairing of two things that say the same thing. But that's kind of the point of Proverbs sometimes. They're put in an odd way. What it really means is, though great minds do think alike, so also do foolish minds. 
Meaning that the fact that you and somebody else came to the same conclusion, that doesn't mean you're both wise. That means you both think similarly. But fools, finding another fool to think the same as they do, will think they've stumbled upon another genius. So just because you find somebody else with a similar way of thinking or conclusion that you have, don't be too reassured by that. Could be both of you are really smart. Could be the opposite. And that's why whenever somebody says to me, great minds think alike, I always say, so do mediocre minds. And if anything proves the point that Vox Populi Vox Dei isn't quite accurate or that the original reference had it right, the voice of the people is madness, it might be the way the voice of the people gets all of these reference quotes wrong. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.